Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We're so, so excited to be with you. And here we are in December. We've made it. 2020, year of our Lord. We've made it to December. As you know, Mrs. Abercrombie is on maternity leave. And we have another incredible, wonderful, dare I say majestic, (laughs) guest co-host. It's the one. It's the only. It's Cheryl Nemhard. Say hello to the people, Cheryl. What's up, y'all? I'm feeling uh, not so majestic today. Um, uh, I, I will say I'm I, I, I'm party up. I'm business up top, and I've got a little bit of cash going on the bottom. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like Jammy Nation over here, so yeah, I think yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's pajama bottoms for me too. High five. There you go. You know what? I mean, I'm gonna just be a truth teller right now and let you know that these ones were my husband's pajamas. And I was like, those are kind of cute. They're like jogger pajamas. No, I swear they're chic. I swear to you. I s- don't make me take a picture and tag you, Cheryl. Listen. They're this chic. COVID- like, I'd wear them to COVID- Whole Foods. <laughs> I'm telling you, this COVID season has been like nothing but Zoom after Zoom right. after Zoom. And so I think we've got it down to a fine art. It's like a little bit of makeup, uh, some sort of business power top, and fluffy slippers and pajamas on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Do you, how much makeup do you do? Are you like under eye cream and mascara or do you like do a little more effort than that? Because that's all I do, under eye. So I look awake and then mascara. Hope for the best on the rest. you know, it's so funny because I, I, I was a, gr- I was a tomboy growing up. So like, you know, my makeup version was like chapstick, and that was like over the top. And cherry, you're pushing it <laughs> now. Lip smackers. Now, like my my kids, I've got I've got like grown young adult kids, and they're like, "Mom, mom, less is more." Mm. That's what's <laughs> in. I, less is more. I'm, I'm like, is do I need more foundation? Do I need more concealer? They're like, dial down, dial, <laughs> like wax on, wax off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cheryl, I'm so so excited to introduce our why the listeners to you. Tell them who you are, what you do, how you spend your days. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I've had to, um, because life is so busy and we have so many things that we do and wear so many hats, I've had to like narrow down my whole existence into six words. Um, So I I speak, I create, I advocate. That's the best way to describe all the facets of me. Um, I'm a speaker full time and I get the privilege and the honor of like pouring into people's lives and encouraging people, inspiring them. And uh, my real heartbeats are women and youth. And um, I'm a social justice advocate, so I spend a lot of time working with at-risk youth. Um, I sit on many boards for organizations that do the same, and I do a lot of campaigning around that. Um, One of the ones that hold my heart that I always like to talk about is Brave. Brave is a global organization for at-risk girls ages 12 to 18. I've created podcasts for them. I've written a book for them. uh, 
journal called This Is Us, which like is like everything you wanted to know growing up that nobody told you. (laughs) It's it's all the stuff. Uh, Yeah. And then um, my creating side is probably where um, it gets a little bit exciting because I'm a filmmaker and a playwright. And that's how it all started. And I use art in a really cool way to address the tough issues. I call them the the uglies, all the things that the church kind of doesn't want to talk about that we sweep under the rug. So I use art in a cool way, like a ninja to address those topics. And um, the last thing is all of that's kind of led me to here, which is um, I have my own podcast, which is called On the Path. And I uh, co-host a national television show here in Canada called See Her Love. It's a women's show. I always say think the view um, with, with a lot of with a lot of fiery faith-filled women. <laughs> and so that's that's what we get to do. And I, it's just been a fun journey doing all of those things. Okay, I have to brag on you. Is that okay? I mean, you can't what? say no. You can't say no. Why are you going to say no to me? Why? Why though? I also have to Why say though? CBC Canada. Is that the Canadian Broadcasting Company is what I'm guessing that stands for? Oh, yeah. That's our major like national network, yeah. right? Yeah. CBC Canada has recognized you, Cheryl, as one of 150 black women who are making Canada a better place. I about fell off my feet when I first read that. I have read every page on Cheryl's website because I'm like that and I'm a stalker. And I even said to <laughs> Mrs. Abercrombie when she first suggested you uh, serve as a guest co-host, after I looked you up and read everything I could find on you, I was said, oh, oh, Cheryl's my new best friend. She just doesn't know it yet. It's fine. It is fine. Hey, Everything's fine. Hey, bestie. Hey, bestie. <laughs> oh, Cheryl, you are just a gift. You're a force for good on the earth. And I know so many are going to be blessed by this conversation and just to hear your heart. And you come with a well of wisdom and truth and grace and vision. And I, I, I sit at your feet to be a recipient um, as we chat today. Now here, well, the people while, also listen, need to while know. You're, while you're sitting at my feet, can I just tell you I did not do my feet? It's been, it's COVID, honey. So those feet are a little scary. So if you're coming, you better come armed and prepared for oh what's down gosh. there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're going to be wearing some real furry socks. There's a reason we're wearing uh, slippers all the time, isn't there? Oh man. Why would you even bring up my toenails? Oh gosh. Everyone's, everyone's cringing with us because they're in the same boat. They're like, oh yep, need a pedicure before March 2021. Maybe shave those... Shave those daggers <laughs> before then. <laughs> Shave them down. Um, I also have to tell the people, because the people need to know, Cheryl, that you <laughs> have met Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, who's looking really scrappy, like kind of like GQ distinguished scrappy. Like, I'm in the mountain backwoods, but I'm really knowledgeable and can sit and have a conversation about global issues scrappy. I mean, yeah. Right? I saw his recent post. Yeah. Yeah, I was privileged enough. Um, I won. I won the highest honor. Um, it's it's the highest honor for African Canadians that we have. It's called the Harry Jerome Award, and it was given to me uh, by him. It was crazy, and of course, you know, the other lady was there, Sophie, his wife, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, "Hi, Justin," and oh yeah, trophy. But hi, Justin, how are you? Oh my God! Listen, if if his uh, policies and his leadership are reflected in his beard game. We're good over here. <laughs> Canada is is safe and strong. Safe and strong. <laughs> as is 
yeah just as strong as his beard game he is uh he's he's a young leader and that's very new like in politics i guess anywhere and so he's he's super hip and trendy and and we love that he is and he's and he comes from a political family right like wasn't his dad or his grandpa some someone else was prime minister his, right his father pierre trudeau was the prime minister so there's crazy pictures of him as a child like playing in the house of commons which is like our white house and and just seeing this picture of this sort of child now growing up grown up to be the prime minister it's pretty cool talk about wow. legacy right wow 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 oh my gosh that's amazing Okay, so all I got from that was take my kids to the White House and or the state capitol, let them run around, get some snaps. <laughs> and take lots and then, of pictures. <laughs> yes. And then hope that that somehow yeah. informs their future life choices. No, I, I um Okay, speaking of that, though, spe- you know, just that moment of childlike awe, but now to have power in those halls of power, I am... Um, I always, you know, you just always wonder what your kids will be. And obviously, you know, you've got young adult children. So you're really seeing that come to fruition of their dreams kind of really hitting the pavement. You you briefly mentioned your son is about or or just took. No, he by the time this airs, he will have taken the LSATs, correct? To go to law school? Yeah. So he's uh, he's literally, while I am talking to you, writing his law entrance exam. So I'm super proud of him. And uh, he's 23 years old and my daughter's 21. She's in her last year of university here and she's studying communications in French. She's bilingual. So she's, oh, hey. <clears throat> yeah, so she's taken it all the way up so she can go to like government and do a couple of cool things, embassy stuff with the, with the French. And uh, my youngest, uh, he's 18 years old and he is um this guy's a brainiac but he's a football phenom so he's actually got an, a, a recruiter they're looking at uh, schools in the states schools in canada and um he trains every single day this guy eats protein he's on a water program he's like the ultra ultra elite he actually goes to an elite uh, athletic school so oh my goodness okay when you say when you say football you mean american football I do right because okay. right because there's that whole it's a European football thing but no right. football as we know it with the pigskin with the pigskin <laughs> <laughs> okay on another time we're gonna have an episode about how to raise successful children but you know what we're gonna put a pin that because now I'm realizing that's what we should have been talking about <laughs> um okay here we are in December life's wild there's been a lot of loss this year Cheryl like I know for me, professionally, personally, financially, socially, due to just racial injustice, in addition to the pandemic and belief and understanding in this divergent truth, if you will, of what what is right, what is wrong, who's telling the truth, who controls the narrative. It's just been crazy, right? And I think more than ever, people need to turn their face toward hope and what hope looks like right now. And Ashley and I, a few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about stubborn hope um, in these crazy seasons, especially during the election season um, here in America. But when you think hope it, against the backdrop of Christmas time, I think um, we can take it beyond the jingle bells. We can take it beyond the fireside chats with our matching jammies. We can take it up, you know, past are really tangible expectations when those are met because a lot of those aren't going to be met this year are they like so many of us aren't going to be with family or we're just going to be we're going to be at a deficit and we're preparing ourselves for that so 
when we talk about hope, where also I just have to say this, I Cheryl, I recently had a conversation with somebody and I said, Hey, where, um, where do you see hope right now in your life? And, and this person looked at me and was like, Hey, no, I don't, I don't really see any hope. And I'm like, you know what? I think you have to fight for it. I think you mm-hmm. have to be so intentional. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that is just going to be handed to you. I think that's something you have to pursue um, <laughs> right. because this is not served on a silver platter. I think that it's something that is developed. And yeah. and if it's misplaced, it's just constant disappointment. Yeah. Um, so it has to be really something we pursue. So when you think of hope, where do mm-hmm. you see hope right now? Where in Cheryl's world... Um, maybe even in, you know, you are on the outside looking in at what's happening in America right now. I mean, you're literally right across the border there in the Toronto area. But um, when you look at even just North America or the Western world, I wonder what goes through your mind and how you have been able to see hope. Yeah, you know, and it's so funny, because as a Canadian, like we are family, it's it's North America, right? That's the right. continent. And so we're, we're cousins. And I always say, you know, when, when uh, the US sneezes, Canada catches a cold, like we are, uh, we are affected, good, bad, all of it uh, by what goes on. So we care, wow, we're yeah. concerned, we're, we're the neighbors looking out the window, wondering what's happening and what's going on. And, you know, it's so funny, because hope is one of the things that I'm so passionate about and and I you know I was asked this question before a long time ago in a really dark time and this is what came to me sort of as a life quote and I want to share it and then like unpack it real quick yeah take Um, your time so hope is this it's this glorious posture of defiance so I want to I want to I want to turn hope on its head for us today and I want to give you a different I want to go to the backside the strong side of hope not hope is a warm and fuzzy and oh I just hope that everything in the trees like we're not doing that today we we need stronger defiant hope and and it's and it's this glorious posture of defiance to the overwhelming darkness that tries to surround us so what I'm asking people to consider today is hope as a weapon of choice hope as a weapon that you would that you would uh, garner that you would hold on to that you would wield to defy the darkness of the present moment of your life and that you would stand in a posture and say I will dare to hope so uh, you know here's what the doctor's report is saying here's what my husband says he wants to leave Uh, my my child is you know maybe uh, strung out on addiction Life shatters us in so many ways. There's been death after death. For me, in the first four months of COVID, I experienced four deaths, literally one every month. It was like like the choppiest, um, roughest ocean you can imagine. And I feel like Mm. I'm speaking to someone who is just being hit with wave after wave after wave of disappointment of of uh disillusion of of being alone of of feeling depressed of of maybe even death and grief and loss and divorce and all the things and so what i want you to do is i don't want you just to cling to hope i want you to swing hope like a bat I want you to swing it and I want you to punch the darkness. 
put hope on like gloves and swing at the darkness and say, I will dare to hope. I will hope in humanity. I will dare to hope in the good of it. I will dare to hope in God and believe that he is still good. I will dare to hope that I have a great destiny still ahead of me, that the chapters are yet being written. And in fact, the story that's coming up will make the other ones look like a mini series, like the feature film of my life is still ahead. And I want people to stand in that defiant posture, almost to the point and I'll close with this, that people scratch their head around you and say, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, there's a there's an old story in the Bible, and I know we're sort of like all coming from different walks of life, but this is a good story for, for whoever's in a storm. And there was three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, thrown in the fire. Now, what should have happened, what society would have dictated is that they crumbled in fear, that they screamed out, that they lost their minds, that they were freaking out, but they worshipped, prayed, and sang because they did something. They dared to hope in who they believed in and it makes it makes no sense what I'm saying it looks like craziness to the people from the outside and people will say to you I don't get it Jessica why are you not freaking out did you hear what they said did you hear the report why are you not losing it why are you not giving up because I will dare to hope Mm, I love that. You know, I think of Jesus as hope, capital H, as a person, and how even the glorious defiance when he when he came into the world, you know, the powers of the day enacted uh, orders to kill all little boys and all new newborns for fear that the Messiah would rise up. That's a dark time. That was glorious defiance to, for Mary to have that baby, to raise that baby, just thinking how... He is that glorious defiance to the powers and the power structures and the darkness of that day and our day. Like that that glorious defiance of, of the embodiment of who Jesus is, is still the same. It's still the same. I love that imagery when you said swing that bat, swing that bat when everything's coming at you, swing that bat as hard That's as right. you can. Yeah. I'm the, my, my temperament, when something comes at me, Cheryl, I'm like, oh, how is my life hard? Why is this hard? Ouch, this hurts. How is this happening? And I'm a, it takes me about three or four days to grieve. And then I'm like, oh, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to get up and fight this thing that thought it could come in my home, that thought it could come in my house, thought it could take right. over me, right. my family, my children. Hey, no. Hey, no. Now I say right. hey because I can still <laughs> hold my clean lyrics will not be meddled with. Nobody report me I that I said hey. So you know what I'm saying? But I'm just right. like, no, no. And I think um, I just love that that imagery. And that's going in my toolbox. And I hope it goes in yours while the listeners. So this, when things come at you, you rip out that bat of glorious defiance. Because this life is yeah. rough. And I think sometimes, um, I've shared this before, but I feel like when things get hard, we think they're wrong. We think they're right. wrong. We think like, oh, this shouldn't be happening. Therefore, what I'm doing is wrong or the situation's wrong. And that's not always the case. Life's just hard. Life right. is just hard. Like you said, you, you, you couldn't have prevented those choppy waters of those first four months of the pandemic. There's nothing that you could have done to control. And I think when we realize we're at the end of our rope and we don't get to have control, we're like, well, what do right. we do now? What do we have? Well, we have that bat. <laughs> I'm yeah. really into this bat analogy. You did this to yourself. I'm really into it. <laughs> but we have that glorious defiance that we can just whip out and, and take it to town and hold on to that. 
And here's the and here's the best part about that bad analogy is that there is no strike zone in Ooh, God. Girl, what? There's oh, no you strike. done did it. You done did it. So, <laughs> so every time you swing, you are going to swing away all of that darkness. You know, there's a movie called Signs. It's one of my favorite. M. 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 Night Shyamalan did it a long time ago. It's an old film, mm-hmm. but it's about this sort of like impending close encounter thing. And and right at the end, one of the biggest lines for Joaquin Phoenix's character, Mel Gibson says to him, "Swing away." swing away and he's an old ex-baseball guy but the point is he uses his bat to literally defeat the alien and I just want to encourage someone to swing away there is no strike zone when we're talking if you if you believe that you are a son a daughter that you're a child of God that you know that there is someone greater than you navigating your life you are not alone so swing away and you will never miss you're swinging away all the things that are coming at you that are trying to overwhelm you, suffocate you, and yeah. all you need to do. You know, it's so funny. And when I get when I get scared as a child, and maybe this is why I'm talking this way, because when I get scared as a child, till today, Tiffany, I don't get scared. I get angry. You know those Ooh. people that are <laughs> right. You're like they're like boo, and you're like Wah! and you just start like, <laughs> don't scare me. Don't you do that. You punch um, him. You want to get at him. Right. And so I've just decided that I'm not going to allow um, the, 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 the challenges and the storms of life to throw me under. I am going to stand for hope and peace and joy. And I, yeah, yeah, the world is tough. But you know what? We have found out this year that we are tougher. Yeah. Yeah. I think what a beautiful, what a beautiful imagery and what truth to hold on to as we navigate this advent season as we hold on to the already and not yet in knowing that glorious defiance that hope is something that is ours we don't have to wait we don't have to put it on hold it's not something that will be withheld from us it is ours every day of our life cheryl thank you so much so much so much so much for joining me is there any last thing you need to tell the good folks of why though um, I just want to tell you that, you know, storms, storms are, the, are your greatest teachers, guys. Mm. And, if, and if we could just change our optics and understand that storms don't always come to take us out. Hard times don't always come to take us out. Sometimes they come to teach us something. And so one of the ways that you can swing away and change your posture into this daring to hope is instead of asking the why, why would this happen? God, why would you do this? Why would you leave me? Why would you, you know, we can get into that why sort of Mm -hmm. victim space. Instead, I challenge you today to change the W in your life. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to change you. It revolutionized my life and I'll leave it with you. Change your why to what? So God, what would you have me learn from this storm? What are the lessons I can take from this moment? What have I learned about those people that were that are now I see aren't, aren't for me in my life? What did I learn from that situation? And how can I take those lessons to help someone else along the way? And when you see Storm as a teacher, you are more open to that lesson, no matter how tough that lesson is. Oh, I love that. When I was in high school, the youth ministry I attended, the 
the youth pastor who's remained a very, very close friend to this day. Um, and so we're talking about 20 years ago and he would always say those who are learners, the teachable always are the ones who go the farthest. Because if you're teachable, if you're willing to sit at anyone's feet or take, take a lesson away from any experience, whether it's, you know, a bad experience at a restaurant to losing a job to uh, a breakup, I mean, whatever the case may be, if you're willing to learn and sit at the feet of the moment, you'll always go farther. You'll be able to go the distance. And that has always stuck with me um, to be interested, to be a learner to my own experiences and the experiences of others. It really is such a gift, isn't it? It's such a gift in this life that we assume is such a curse in this life. Right. It really is a gift. It really is right. a gift. And if you shift your posture, you will literally shift um, all, of the, all of the lessons. It'll just change their perspective on the whole thing. Totally. 100%. Cheryl, you're the greatest there ever was. It is such an honor to have you. Thank you again so much for joining us. Um, y'all, I'm going to link to all Cheryl's goodies in the show notes, so be sure and go check those out. Find her on the Instagram and wherever she hangs out. We're going to have all those goodies in the Aww. show notes, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah, and dare to hope, guys. Dare to hope. I love that. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.